Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Vikings August 16th edition. We are in the preseason second week. The Vikings take on the Titans Saturday night. We're going to flash it back to Thursday and talk a couple about a couple things that stood off the page versus the Seahawks in a 24-13 loss. I'm going to panel, excuse me, poll the panel, and then we're going to discuss the upcoming Titans game on Saturday night. And I want to get the group's temperature on Dalvin Cook to the jest. I am here with Brian McKinney, Sal Spice, and Ron Saw, the typical group for Believe in Vikings, and that's on tap for tonight. Foremost, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place all of your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on all the action. Remember to use this promo code BLEAV, believe, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is free money. Bet online where the game starts. It's August sixteenth, and the Vikings are about what, three and a half weeks from the regular season. Twenty-five days away, uh, they host Tampa Bay Buccaneers on September tenth. But first, we're going to talk about some of this preseason action. I've got the group with me. Bryant, how you been, man? I've been pretty good. I just was in Minnesota over the weekend. Oh, really? Tell it's, us about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we're going to start with. That's what we're going to start with. Um, I came up there, you know, I do um something called Boulder Options. For Daryl Thompson um, each year, and uh, he needed more people. I got Chester to come last year, but this year I added Troy Williamson, and then they wanted a female athlete, so Cheryl Ford came and joined us as well. Um, for Boulder Options out in Rochester, but then I had some things um, in Oakdale, a place called Borough. Um, I went there, did like a meet and greet. Um, and learn how to axe throw. <laughs> really? Yeah, like axe throwing there. I never did it before. I, I learned how to do it. Are you good? Yeah, actually, it did really good. <laughs> when you figure out the groove, it's actually, it's not so bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. And then I just realized I had to aim a little, like, lower, because I'm tall. So I had to aim, like, a little lower. <laughs> so, like, the first time I did it, I was kind of high. But then I was still on the board, though. But then the second time I did it, I was a lot closer to the bullseye, like, very close. Well, I didn't know you were going to be here, so I didn't see you till the next day, and I had to see on Instagram. Oh, <laughs> which was because we didn't. Were we on here last week? No, mm-mm. no, not That's last why. Week. Yeah, I can't get a text. I know, I <laughs> and I knew you had. I wasn't thinking. I had a lot going on last week. I mean, I, I know you always X's. have that event over the summer, but yeah, we always seem to miss you when you're in town. And then uh, Tom West was trying to get us to come to to training camp. But Saturday was the day of the event, and then um, Sunday we yeah. traveled back, and then they played on Friday. So we got in on Friday, but they they played on Friday night or something, right? They played yeah. Thursday uh, night. Thursday. Yeah. Thursday. Oh, Thursday night. So yeah, we're about to talk about Friday. that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Well, now I didn't even realize that Troy was with you. Now I'm more upset because Troy's my favorite guest we've ever had on this show, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. He was so candid and so interesting to talk to and just like the coolest guy. Yeah. You gotta get some more guests on this season. I gotta reach out to some more people. 
I was Ew. so nervous to have Troy because we had Troy literally the week after Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, what the hell am I going to ask Troy? I was so <laughs> he was so cool. Like, he, I tell that yeah. story all the time that he was like my favorite guest we've ever had for real. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's so I'm with I you wish there, I could have yeah, told him myself. Right. Down to earth and just very, yeah, like, candid's a perfect word. Like, he, and very self aware. Like, you know, he's not making excuses for anything that happened like he mm-hmm. yeah it was great so for those listening go back and listen to that uh that episode and it's uh you g- probably get a lot more respect from troy williamson than probably a lot of you have right now <laughs> speaking of our guest bryant did you talk to fred smoot who got who got popped Popped for what i rested for something oh i didn't even know that no you didn't it's like avoidance something like it didn't it, there were charges that i literally never seen before so <laughs> Like it wasn't like drunken disorderly or anything like that. It was like I don't know if he's being questioned and he just avoided it. I I haven't seen any other further details on it. Oh, I didn't even know. Yeah, that's why I couldn't. That's why I didn't say what it was. I had no clue what the the headline even meant, and I figured it oh. was just. I think it, I thought it was just something to grab headlines and didn't hold much weight. But oh, we shall see. All what right, was what, that? I don't know. Oh, it was in I think in D.C. area. Okay. All right. Virginia, well, yeah. The uh the preseason game got off the ground on Thursday and the Vikings got off to a 10-0 lead with the second teamers, put in third teamers and everything went haywire. Uh it was some of it was fun to see guys like Ivan Pace and Ty Chandler stand out, but I want to go around the horn. Uh Ron, I'll start with you. What's something that stood off the page or something you enjoyed, etc. from the first preseason game? I think for me, the thing I enjoyed most were one, we left without injuries, uh, but primarily um, Nick Mullins as a backup in the NFL, um, you could do a lot worse. And if anything were to happen, happen to Kirk, you can trust Nick Mullins to go out there and, uh, and get the job done and not be a Sean Mannion like <laughs> um, player or, you know, Joe Webb in, uh, in his playoff start here. So uh, for me, yeah, the Nick Mannion just solidifying himself as a safety blanket as needed. Um, I love to see that. But otherwise, um, you know, again, Ivan Pace definitely stood out because he, for a guy his size, <clears throat> he plays a lot bigger than he is. Um, and I think that was the only not coming out of Cincinnati for him was being 5'10". But, man, he was all over the place. He was attacking the offensive line. Um and I think we may have found something there. So um, other than that, uh, it's preseason. So yeah. <laughs> backup O-line going up against a backup D-line. And there's already a lack of depth as it is on the O-line. So it's hard to get a gauge for some of the other things that are going on. Yeah, it was cool to see the Ivan Pace hype from training camp translate to uh, somewhat real speed um, of the preseason. Uh, because there was always a chance that it was all just, you know, preseason rah-rah or excuse me uh training camp rah-rah but it seemed like a little bit more than that and even uh harrison smith predicted it what was it a couple days before the preseason game saying he's like you you probably want to watch ivan pace on thursday night and if harrison said it he probably wasn't just kidding around you know right Bryant, in those preseason games, um i can't remember back in your day what did, did you usually play the first series or the first half and then sit, or because these days are yeah. Um, the first game was probably like the first. I mean, they only have three though. They only have three now, right? Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay, so it's probably a little different. But I know 
Arsenal now for them probably by the fourth game, they're either not playing at all or they're playing into the half. Um, so for us, the third game, we played up to halftime. Fourth game that we didn't play at all. Mm-hmm. Um, first game, you played like a series, which kind of turned into like the first quarter, especially if things didn't go right the first series. <laughs> um, and then the second, yeah, so in the second game, you'll play, you know, into the second quarter, and then by before the halftime, they were bringing new people. But it's really about getting your timing down. You, so you play a couple series, get your time down. You want to kind of grade good because you know you're not being graded for a whole game. So at least while you're in there, you want to kind of come up with a good grade because um, you're not in there much. But, uh, yeah, it's about timing, and you it's kind of like getting back into that saddle and just being used to, like, the live bullets and stuff against somebody else different. What about, um, so in that fourth game for you, historically, uh, it's kind of how all of the Viking starters treat all three of these games because the way O'Connell does it is the established starters don't play at all. So when you go into that fourth game, is it, are you just, do you have fun hanging out watching the the reservist guys battle for roster? Yeah. But, yep. You definitely have fun. You get to cheer on some of the guys who, because you know, keep become fans of some of the guys who are on the team, hoping that they make it. Like, there's been a few people who I've been like, "Yeah, this guy is pretty good. I hope he makes the team." So you you watch them, and even guys who you go against in practice too. It's like you do all this stuff in practice. Let's see it equate to the game. So you get a chance to really sit back and see those guys, and you get to see who really performs when the lights come on, and who doesn't. Some people are great practice players, and then just when they get in the game, it's just not the same. And some people show up when the lights are on. So you have those type of people. But um, I feel like it's a great um, great fun to sit back and watch. You know, this is your last time having a break and able to watch football and be kind of a fan because then the next, you know, time you come to that field, it's, it's game time. Can you recall off the top of your head, maybe not, any of the guys you really cheered for that were maybe on the roster bubble that uh, um, notable? I remember for sure Mawelty Moore at one point, I was cheering for him. I feel like he was doing good in practices, and he was another person who was, you know, moving over to the games. I remember Mawelty for sure, who, because he wasn't, when he came, he wasn't like a solidified a person who was staying, like, you know, so I can't remember who else, but there's been a couple other people who I've, um, we're good. I've cheered on or, you know, I was kind of became a fan of, you know, through our training camp and, you know, like to watch them play. Sally, on the preseason, uh, the first game in Seattle, the Vikings looked pretty darn good for the first quarter and a half. And then everything went to pot. No good. Uh, the second half was a catastrophe. Like uh, like Ron said, it really doesn't matter a whole heck of a lot. But what else besides Ivan Pace stood out to you? But I got a question. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Because like you're saying like how the first half was good. So I feel like to me that for the most part, I don't really care about the first half or like when I see the starters in that because a lot of those guys who finish the game probably aren't gonna make the team or that's not gonna be the real um representation of the Vikings, you know. So yeah. I mean, it's guys, you know, putting out game films so they can get picked up out of the teams if they don't make this one, things like that, but if I feel like the first, you know, wave, wave in or second wave did good. I'm kind of okay. Yeah, that's why we're not, or I'm not, and I don't think Ron or Sally are concerned at all about the loss. But uh, when when I do this stuff every single day, writing about it, talking about it, I almost feel like these guys are part of my family. I mean, I know all 90 men yeah. on the roster by name. So I want to see every single guy look like a baller. Uh, and then when the third team gets out there and it's like, oh, this is this is why they're fighting for a roster spot. Yeah, it, yeah. 
But on the whole, it was encouraging to see. But like collective, they might not have done well. But out of that group in the third string, there's probably been a couple guys who probably done well who mm-hmm. other teams have noticed and will pick them up. Yeah, yeah, I agree well, there. Part of that too, Brian. Back when in your playing days, the cutdowns happened. I don't know if it was every week, but it went from ninety to what seventy-five to sixty, whatever that number was. Now it's all ninety guys are on the team until you know, after the preseason. So is there an advantage or disadvantage to that? Like, cause with 90 guys, you can't, I would get say more of an advantage. If it's only just one big cut, it's probably more of an advantage because some of those guys was getting cut right after the first preseason game and might not have just had a good day or felt good or whatever, but they right. now have two other games to prove themselves. So that gives you more of, of hope. Um, Instead of just being cut after the first game and just not having a good performance, you still have two more that you can do and say, okay, now when I go out here, learn from what I did in the first, you know, preseason games and, you know, correct those, make those corrections in these next two games and show improvement. And then I feel like, yeah, that is more to players' advantage now. Because there's probably been a lot of guys who was cutting the first wave who went on other places and did good and just, just had a bad day today or something. Mm-hmm. All right, Sally, now we're to you. Uh, we talked about Ivan Pace. We talked about the second teamers looking good, third teamers not so much. What do you got? What's something that stood out for you for the Seattle game? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, I think you're muted. <laughs> Your audio went complete. Am I better now? Yeah, you are. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So before, I, I know I'm going back to this now, but do we, I know that they changed this one big cut rule back in COVID, mm-hmm. which made sense because you, because of testing and stuff, you couldn't have guys bouncing around to different locker rooms. But do you know why they've kept it? Because I, I agree with what Bryant is saying about, you know, um, guys having more opportunities for film, but there's also less there because there's more people they're getting less plays in to put on the film so it is a disadvantage for people as well so why have they kept this? my knowledge and whether or not it's true or not but to my knowledge it's because of the three preseason games and the extra regular season game i think it's to to allow those players to you know to have that time but also um the way games are treated like across the league you're not seeing starters at any point um, throughout the preseason. So I think that's part of it. It's to, with having the extra regular season game, that's where the emphasis is on because that's where the money is. They want to make sure that all the starters are healthy. So to be able to do that, why not have extra roster spots so that you don't have to see Kirk Cousins in a meaningless preseason game. And they made it gotcha. more, they made it more extreme this year. Um, they've progressively, I think it was like was it three years ago during COVID, it was like 90 to 80 to or yeah, like not, there's always to a, a 75 down. yep and then last year it was like 90 to 75 then to 53 and they cut out all the steps this year so it's 90 to 53 and then was it 14 dudes will go to the practice squad so in it, like let's see a week from this tuesday 
like thousands of dudes are going to be <laughs> hitting the free agency wire. It's it's quite wild. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. That's a lot for scouts and stuff to to go through. Yeah. Uh, but as far as what's standing out, I mean, again, just to echo what you guys said. It's preseason. I'm not really too worked up about anything. I think that the only player that I'm kind of I don't want to know if disappointed is too strong, but um, Lewis Seen just doesn't necessarily look like maybe he knows what's going on yet. And I know he's still coming back from the injury, but I would have liked to have seen him um, step up maybe a little bit more. And, but other than that, I mean, just the defense as a whole, the new speed to it, the new energy uh, that Brian Flores has brought. um, It just looks a lot different already in preseason and at training camp. I feel like the energy, the blitz packages and just in general, the defense. Yeah, scene kind of looks like a, a missile without a tracking system. <laughs> like, yeah, he looks there like you he, go. he's got the speed. Uh, he's trying to hit something. Isn't quite sure if it's going to work. Uh, so I don't know if that'll just take refinement. Probably. Uh, this is only his second year, and he's so young. The standout for me, the thing that surprised me, um, was uh, Luigi Villain. And this is because on the edge section of the depth chart, they'll probably keep five, and that will be Daniil Hunter, Marcus Davenport, Patrick Jones. Maybe, probably DJ Wanham. Yep. And then you have Andre Carter, who I don't want to go to the practice squad because then he could get stolen. And that's five. And so I'm starting to think that Luigi Villain might be able to oust Wanham or Patrick Jones since he wasn't drafted by this regime. But in my opinion, uh, because I tend to skew my fandom towards defense, Luigi Villain looked like the MVP of the game. He had three quarterback hits, he had a sack, and uh, I think it was a. Attack or no, three tackles altogether, and yeah, he was a disruptor. And if he's going to be the fifth edge rusher, somebody is going to be a, a roster casualty at that spot. But uh, sometimes it's easy when you look at the fifty-three man projection just to keep him off of it. But he he looked like a guy that won't that won't go quietly. And you know he's kind of last year's version of Ivan Pace. He is he would he didn't bust out like Ivan has, but he was a UDFA. Uh, that you know they found and were pretty excited about. So I hope he makes the roster, and I thought he looked wonderful against the Seahawks. And now he should be showcased even more, hopefully in the first half against the Titans. Which brings us to the second section of the show. Uh, still on this preseason trip, Ron, we have the Titans. The joint practices started today, and I think there's another one tomorrow, and then they will get together for a formal preseason game Saturday night at U.S. Bank Stadium. With what you know now, Ivan Pace doing wonderful scene all over the place, but not necessarily in a good way. What are you looking for uh, against the Titans? What's something that you're keeping your eyes on? For me, it's it's strictly on the secondary. Um, like first and foremost, at least from my perspective, because uh, Makai Blackman is like what I'm seeing out of him. Um, the way he's able to mirror receivers and his footwork has been phenomenal. Again, they're all highlight. They're not showing the bad plays of him, um, but like what when I see the good plays, like you see things that are that you know, top tier cornerback. Those traits that they possess, and for a guy who's five ten, five eleven, so maybe I'm the undersized side of things as a cornerback, you like to see those because you're going to get your hands in the, in the mix on those. <clears throat> so that to me is what, um, is what I'm looking for. And then also I want to see the Andrew Booth, um, like the other guys that are out there, just how they perform against, um, uh, I mean, just in with regular playing time, because as we all know, that's probably the, 
the part of our defense that has the most question marks, um, you know, Lewis seen included. Uh, but I just want to see that these guys can handle their own. Byron Murphy is already, of all accounts, it sounds like he's showing out in practice and uh, throughout this camp process. So, um, so that's a plus. Um, I just, I want to see someone emerge as, as the guy that's going to take over that um, CB2 spot or even just the starting slot uh, position. So um, that's what I'll be looking for uh, primarily. Yeah. Andrew Booth had another rough outing and it was weird. He was in, in the game in the second half and for a second rounder who should be contending for a starter's job, they kind of showed their hand if he's playing the second half. And for now he's on the third team and then he got burned by a dude called Jake Bobo for a touchdown and you know, I even me I don't know who that is and I do now uh because of Andrew Booth so we shall see it's not going to get any easier than WR4s WR5s WR6s from the Seahawks Titans and Cardinals for Andrew Booth so you know the time is now for him to say all right well I am actually pretty good and I'm healthy I'm going to do the thing uh, so at some point He's got to start doing it. Um, and that's one thing I'll certainly be watching for. Sally, what about you for the Titans game, which sounds like you're going to, correct? Yes, of course. Wouldn't miss a Saturday night at U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> uh, well, I think practice today seemed like it, it was it was fun. It was good. I think it's definitely, obviously, a better test to see them against a, another team. And I'm sure they're happy to see <laughs> other bodies uh, to practice with. Tomorrow, um, I think it could be even better. There was, you know, some scuffles today. So I like seeing that energy when they practice a few days in a row leading up to the game. Uh, I mean, obviously we can talk about the defense all day that we're excited to see. I guess I really am curious who's going to step up, um, what the wide receiver roster is going to end up looking like. We've got Naylor has been out for almost the entire camp now. Um, so I'm, I don't know, Rager's been off and on um he's he has he's some flashes and then he has some pretty big mess ups um in the seahawks game as well so them and and the um running back roster i don't know what's gonna happen because kane has been out too on the wide receiver spot that's kind of like edge where they probably will keep five dudes so you've got to assume that's jefferson Addison, Osborne, probably Naylor. And then number five is this huge mystery between Rager, Powell, uh, that Thayer Thomas guy has looked pretty decent. I don't know if he grabbed a Rots roster spot. I think they like Tristan Jackson. So you would think it'll be Rager. Right. Um, but but Addison, get... Addison is still in con- um, concussion protocol, right? So he's not going to be practicing tomorrow. So that's going to be more reps for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, at least during the during the game on uh, Saturday, if he's still not ready to go. So I don't know. I really thought it was going to be Naylor, but now I'm not so sure. And same with same with Osamo. I mean, he's missed time now that it's like, well, he's kind of letting Ivan Pace show off a little too much, maybe. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, don't forget start... about uh, Nikhil Harry in that wide receiver yeah, room, because about him. he brings one thing to the. Uh, I, I know he as underwhelmed as a pro, but he brings one thing that we don't have out of any of the other receivers in that size. Um, so being a deep or not deep, all a red zone threat, um, you know, at a six, four, 220 something frame, um, he may have a leg up just because he's unique in, uh, in what the rest of the receivers we have um, bring. Bryant, you've talked to us before about the, the practices with the chiefs. 
did you guys go absolutely full speed during those? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely full speed. Um, do you remember it was supposed to be? Remember Brock Lesnar like body slammed somebody in that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was definitely full speed. <laughs> um, it was an opportunity to go against somebody else. So, yeah, it was everything you did was full speed, you know, against Sam and get the practice technique because, you know, those practices – aren't like a real game. So you get to practice different techniques on people too. Ron, what did you think of the, the, yeah, go ahead. I want to say another thing to watch in the Titans practice is um, just to be relieved that they didn't draft Levis. (laughs) 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 That's another thing you got to watch. That leads me into what I was about to ask Ron, uh, the fringe theory that says the Viking could be scouting Malik Willis. Uh, f- for a trade uh, because Quasi Dapamenso was former co-workers with the current Titans GM. Uh, do, do you think that's poppycock, Ron, or do you think that's something they're actually keeping an eye on? I mean, I would think so. Uh, I, I mean, I would think that it's just hearsay because, I mean, they could have had Malik Willis if they wanted him last year, and uh, <laughs> they didn't think highly enough of him then to – to warrant a um, a draft pick or, you know, try to get their hands on him in any which way. Um, and they waited this year um, to get um, Jaron Hall for that. So um, I don't think there's any, any realistic reason to think that Malik Willis is on their radar. Um, you know, again, maybe if there's like a fifth, sixth round pick that's out there, but I don't see them making a trade for that and then disbanding their own guy that they identified and have spoken very highly of. And I don't think either of or any young quarterback is going to unseat Nick Mullins. So um, I think, again, like I led the show with, I think he's proven to be the backup and a very capable one at that. Yeah, it's just been a talker that has hit the internet and Twitter in particular for the past 72 hours. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't nuts for dismissing it. Uh, let's let's wrap this up by talking about Dalvin Cook. After two months and a week of mystery, he signed with the New York Jets. Um, he's going to play for or with Aaron Rodgers, the Vikings' foremost rival for 15 years. Bryant, how do you think that works? Do you think this uh, assembly of a like all star team in New York is going to work? Well, remember, I said that I said the talk died out here, and then he was at the Jets, and I said I can see that kind of happening, having two veterans go up there mm-hmm. and be together, and it ended up happening. Um, yeah, I can see it. I mean, I know it's definitely awkward for them because it was awkward for me at first when Brett Favre came because like you're so used to like not liking this person, and it's like now I have to get to know this person. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like Aaron Rodgers is making his rounds, you know, trying to get to know everybody on the team too. So, um, I think I think I think they should do well. I mean, I'm pretty sure they studied each other, you know, on film or like, you know, I'm definitely aware of each other. Um, I, I feel like they should they should they should do well. Tell us more about that awkwardness. Because <laughs> it went from you like. <laughs> Somebody being like your rival and not liking them, and then all of a sudden you just look up there in the huddle with you. Because you gotta remember, he came when he came to us. It was like we were on lunch break and we was watching like the drive from the airport, like it was the OJ Simpson <laughs> Jeep chase. Uh, we watched it all the way there, and then you know we went out to practice, and we never seen him until he walked on the field. Like we were out there in practice, like warming up. And all of a sudden he walks on the field, and he's in the huddle right away. Like how you know the place, but. He was in the huddle, and you just look up, and it's like, and he looked at me, and I kind of looked at him, and like, he could tell on my face, like, this is weird, but okay, and I kind of laughed. 
But it definitely was just like a, a awkward feeling. <laughs> I think he shared the sentiments that like, every single from, Vikings like, fan. 2002 to like, he joined the team in 09. That's like some years of just using yeah. like, this person like can, can ruin your season at times. So, yeah. Yeah, it would be That's... the ex- exact equivalent of Rodgers coming to the Vikings like next year or something. There, there'd be no difference. I mean, maybe you take the same path as Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> well, so far, well, so far, <laughs> it's been like this precise trajectory like right. the, dram- the dramatic off seasons going to the jets yes mm-hmm. uh sally i've racked yeah, my brain crazy. on this i've racked my brain on this trying to predict nfl standings the afc in sports a lot of times when you throw these pieces together it works wonderfully and sometimes it's just ugh. uh where do you think this jets thing you think it's somewhere in the middle or you think it really takes off or is it no good well, I I don't know. First with Dalvin, I am surprised that he only got a one year deal. I'm thinking you held out all this time just to get a year. Okay, uh, but I I'm probably going to be biased because I'm watching Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. Are you guys watching? I have not. <clears throat> so I oh, just the first started, episode, not the second one. I just started watching last night, and I expected to just be disgusted the entire time. And to my surprise, that only lasted about 15 minutes. And I'm really less like liking the team. I mean, they're a fun team with Sauce, Gar- uh, Sauce Gardner and Aaron actually seems kind of likable, believe it or not. And I think Dalvin's going to come and, and just add to that and they're going to have a good time. Is that going to equate to wins? I, I don't know, but their offense was diseased last year when their defense was pretty good. So their division is tough, but I think they're going to be competitive for sure. Um, and I could see it happening. I don't want to say that, but I've been uh, been trying to tell folks about Rogers again. This is just like Favre. You don't have to dislike the guy anymore. I recall when when Favre went to the Jets in 2008. I remember thinking that was cool because I didn't have to dislike him anymore. And I think yeah. I think I'll always, <laughs> despite any recent items that have hit the news, <laughs> I'll always enjoy Favre. Uh, a lot more than Rogers, probably because he was a Viking. But I think just the 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 lovable personality for me with Favre. So yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with any Viking fan watching Hard Knocks or watching watching Jets games this year and saying, you know what, Aaron Rodgers looks pretty awesome. I hope they do well, especially now because Dalvin's there and Tyler Conklin plays there, Chaz Surratt, Afadia Denbo. Yeah. yeah, they have like uh, Vikings East. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of strange. Ron, what do you think? Dalvin's fit on the Jets and then the Jets in general. Uh, well, I was going to add that. Isn't, isn't Todd Downing um, over there, too? I saw him on Hard Knocks, I believe, and he's, yeah. a, I think, Eden Prairie guy. So, um, But, no, I mean, it's to me, in a way, it's kind of an odd fit in the sense that Brees Hall is this, you know, dynamic player. And, you know, that let's not uh, forget about that draft class that the Jets had last year alone with Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall. Like, that's going to be fun to watch that those guys grow together. And now, you know, again, with Rodgers there, they are instantly, in my mind, they're maybe not the favorite for the division, but they're favorite to be a playoff contender one way or another because that defense was unreal last year. And they were winning games with Mike White and Zach Wilson. And, uh, you know, even as much as much crap as, as I've given Zach Wilson and will continue if he plays the way he has been, kudos to him because it seems like he's, again, from hard knocks, he's soaking up what he can from Rodgers. And kudos to Rodgers, it seems like he's, 
doing his part to lead all those guys there. So um, he's not, I don't know, maybe it was just the Wisconsin thing. You know how much I, uh, my disdain for Wisconsin. So uh, maybe he wanted out that badly. And uh, now he's actually, yeah, not that very unlikable guy that he, that he was in Wisconsin. But uh, um, Dalvin's obviously. I agree with you, but we also have to keep reminding ourselves that he knows he's going to be on HBO and he is. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Which there's that fakeness of it that I always will think is out there. Um, Because I find myself look liking him. Like I was watching an episode two and I'm like, gosh, I I like this guy. He's really funny. He's really (laughs) cool. And it's like, okay, got to remind yourself he knows what he's doing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, especially in the first episode, the the voice of God. How many times did he say that about uh, Liam Schreiber and. Obviously, yes, he's he he's very smart in the sense of knowing how to play a room like and with cameras on. He's very good with that part. So, um, well, I say that I like him. No, not not quite there yet. But uh, no, Dalvin, I, I still think that whether it's, you know, this year, ne- next year, at least within the next couple of years, he's still going to be a very impactful player. And the Jets got a good one. It does help that they can now bring in Brees Hall slowly. Um, and then that's going to be a formidable one-two punch. Um, and then when you look at the receivers on the outside, obviously Garrett Wilson looks like a stud. Um, and then, you know, I forget that they still have Corey Davis, who was a what, top five pick, you know, what, six, seven years ago, and Alan Lazard, big body uh, receiver. And um, so they're going to have a good offense, assuming they can protect Rodgers. But uh, um, it'll be it'll be fun to see how it all plays out because like you mentioned these teams that have all this hype that build kind of these quote-unquote super teams they never really pan out Mm -hmm. um or it's never the dominance is never quite there so i i don't think that they're gonna win the super bowl but i mean they're gonna be a fun team to watch especially in the nba if it's not assembling like the celtics garnett team or the lebron heat team if they're throwing together a bunch of parts it always seems like those end up not doing quite the thing and in the nfl like the rams did it and they got progressively stronger throughout the season adding odell beckham and von miller in 2021 so there is precedent for it a little bit uh but this one you know it's got the tv show with it and rogers first time outside of green bay it's got all the uh just storylines galore all right, guys. Well, when right. we, yeah, go ahead. I just want to say this out loud so I don't mm-hmm. forget. I just thought of a question that we absolutely have got to ask Bryant next week, and mm-hmm. it's it's very important. So I'm just remind me. <laughs> I just wrote it down. It's very controversial. All right. Well, that's our cliffhanger. <laughs> and then need to know. And then next week too. That will be the last time we are on air until the roster trim down. So next week's show, we'll be looking at some of these roster bubble situations to try to get our version of a 53-man roster. Bryant, any closing arguments for the group? Oh uh, no, I'm having this night. <laughs> all right, my man. We'll talk to you guys. We'll talk to you guys in one week. All right. Okay. All right. Bye. Later. Uh- Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.